When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by The Barrel Club in Oak Lawn. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the latest installment of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, in person this time, I can literally Ooh, touch you're touching his me. soft hoodie, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score and the Locked On Blackhawks Podcast. Jay, it's been a little while since we've done an in-person podcast. We ran into Dan Bernstein in the hallway, was wearing a hockey sweater today. <laughs> yeah. It's no, a very, not a sweater. A, a hoodie. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's a very hockey day, though. There's a lot of hockey vibes, and it's freezing outside, so everything kind of works out. It's the right day for that, and uh, all of a sudden, the red-hot Chicago Blackhawks are on a three-game winning streak after a decent performance against Montreal last night. I mentioned it on lockdown. I'm going to run it by you because I know you don't listen to lockdown, you jerk. I listen to it sometimes. I, I did not listen to this edition particularly. No one listens to it all the time. But there's an interesting stat possession-wise that will perhaps astound you beyond our discussion. Aside from last night's game, we want to talk about Robin Leonard and his future and goal. Corey Crawford's comments about not wanting to be a backup. I've gotten some information, some intel on Gerard Gallant, why he's been fired twice. Should the Hawks pursue? Should the not- Hawks not pursue? Will they pursue? We'll get to that. And I want to talk to James a little bit today about the Bears leaving Bourbon A. I know this is not a Bears podcast, but I think there's some crossover with Bears fans and Hawks fans, obviously. And James is a resident of Bourbon A. The news came earlier this week that the Bears will be moving their training camp to Hallis Hall starting next season. So I want to pick James's brain about that. Before we get started, I want to tell you how to get in touch with us. At Madhouse Pod is the Twitter account. You can follow us on Instagram at madhouse underscore pod. Email us madhousepod at gmail.com. And we have a website, madhousepod.com. I never promote madhousepod.com, but everything you need about the podcast is there. There's a threadless shop on there if you want to get some Madhouse swag. But I'm working with our friend Chris at Triple Threat Sports to develop an online shop with a lot more options, more reasonable prices, Better payback for James and I. It'll be a better system, so that's coming soon. Um, so check out madhousepod.com. But, yeah, we should probably start with last night's game. And I've talked a lot about, we've talked a lot about how the Hawks have to play almost 100% effort all the time to win hockey games. And I think last night's game was a good example of how they can dominate when they do play that way, when the effort's there, 
when the focus is there, when the attention to detail, and I think that's the most important thing is the attention to detail. When those things are there, the Hawks can play with pretty much anybody. Last night was a good example for me. Well, yeah, and we've talked about this a lot, especially going into this stretch where they were going to be playing a lot of teams that are sub-500 and are not having uh, exactly sparkling seasons. The Blackhawks tend to play down to their competition. We've seen it a million times this season, and we did see it again to a degree in that Iowa game the other day. They certainly did that. But this game, though, the Montreal game, I thought the Blackhawks did a really good job of avoiding that pitfall Obviously, it helped that Zach Smith had probably the period of his life in the first period of that game, but I thought for the most part, the Blackhawks came out of the gate really strong in that game, and they really, they stayed the course with that. They were really good throughout. I know the Canadians kind of came back a little bit in the third period, but I still thought the Blackhawks largely had that game under control, and I just thought it was one of those really good 60-minute efforts that we've seen so little of this season, really, from the Blackhawks. Like, we've seen good stretches of 20, 40 minutes, but there have been very few games where they've just been really good from start to finish, and I thought that last night was definitely one of those games. Yeah, and it's funny. It seems like those better efforts come against the better teams because the Hawks know they've got to bring everything they have to play against the best teams, and some of the most impressive games we've seen the Hawks play this year have been against the better teams in the league, but it's you're right. It's those games against Ottawa and San Jose and L.A. and those very winnable games that they in those teams they play, and and Ottawa is a great example. They're down 2 nothing before the first commercial break. And yeah, halfway through the second, they figured it out, and they started playing the way they should, and they improved, and they dominated from that point on. If you look at the game flow chart on Natural Stat Trick of that Ottawa game, it's like a straight line, always a little bit in favor of the Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as like halfway through the second, it just dips all the way in Chicago's favor. So... They took over, and they're able, they're capable of doing that. But this is the thing for me. Who do you blame for that? Is that a coaching thing? It almost has to be, right? It has to be a coaching issue if night after night your team is not ready to go against inferior opponents Something's not being communicated. But, but wait, Jay, I was under the impression that skipping morning skate was a good thing in terms of effort level at the beginning of games. Well, was I mistaken? Well, they're 3-0 and since they started doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess the joke's on us, right? Because so. we definitely were like, oh, this is an odd thing. Let's question the wisdom of this. And then they've promptly gone 3-0. and You're absolutely right. Well, it does but... help that you played Ottawa and Montreal in that three-game span. <laughs> that's that's and, and Anaheim. Well, there's two things to keep in mind with this, too. One is, isn't it? Hasn't this been the Blackhawks' MO for, I don't know, the better part of a decade? The whole, we're just going to turn it on when the playoffs get closer, like we know that we've got it in us kind of thing, blah, 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 and they would like turn it on the second half of a season. Maybe they're just taking that into a, you know, a micro element and they're just doing it in games now where they kick in at, you know, the opportune moments. Um, the other thing I do want to point out uh, is the line usage that Jeremy Colleton has been going with, which is basically to use Kubalik with Taves and Kane in the third period of games. Yeah. And I know that we talked a lot after the uh, game against, was it Anaheim on Sunday? Yep. We said that that line just needed to be a thing because they're so shorthanded right now. They really should just load up and basically throw the dice and see what happens. That isn't what Jeremy Colleton is doing. He's gone with a little bit more of a hybrid system and... I suppose it's kind of working out. They are winning games. They are playing better later in games when they put those three together. What do you think of that uh, That particular move, that willingness to kind of go with a more hybrid style instead of just keeping the line together all the time? Well, it's worked, and and I get, I get what Kelton's trying to do. I know he's trying to get balance in the lines, but I think at this point, and I, I said this the other day, I don't know if they have that luxury, but then... Last night, you get two goals from Zach Smith. You get another goal from Drake Kajula. So you've got these depth guys contributing with the way it's set. I don't think, as it is now, without Saad, without Strom, without Shaw, three guys, all of which can play in your top six, two of them should definitely be in your top six. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a problem with just stacking up that line for the entire game. Right. You're double-shifting Kane anyway. Yep. Why not put that line out there, have them dominate? Jonathan Taves has been awesome lately. Great stretch for him, yeah. He's been terrific. and It's helped having Dominic Kubelik go off for a bunch of goals, too. That's definitely well, lifted I, him up a little bit. I think that it's, that it's mutual, mutually beneficial, though. I think that 
Kubalik is thriving because of Taves' hard work. Taves is getting in the puck a ton. Yep. And, of course, playing with Patrick Kane helps everybody for the most part. And now Kubalik, those a lot of those good chances are going in the back of the net. Last night he didn't score, but had a lot of really good looks, a lot of good chances. All of his regression hit at once is what happened. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I, I don't know. I It's hard for me to be too hard on Cowan right now because of the way the team is injury-wise. He's dealing with a lot. It's tough. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And as much as we pan Brent Seabrook and his contract, mm. he's better than Slater Cuckoo. He's better than Dennis Gilbert. He brings uh, experience and know-how on the ice, and I still think they're better with him than without him as currently constructed. So that's another injury that we are we sort of poo-poo in our conversation, but it deserves some attention. Well, I mean, DeHaan's out too, so that yeah. definitely, I mean, that really hurts your defensive depth especially. Have they been playing a little bit more responsible defensively lately, or have I been imagining that? It feels like it, and I felt like, just anecdotally, my mind's eye felt like Adam Boquist had his best game defensively. Yes. See, that's that's where I was hoping you were going to go. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but here's but here's oh, no, he's going to pull out the <laughs> natural stat trick stats to prove us both wrong. There's a big butt here. It's happening. <laughs> and it's not just mine. Duncan Keith and Adam Boquist, the first the top pair for Chicago last night, obviously. Keith had a 20 Corsi 4 percentage. Boquist had a 23.9 Corsi 4 percentage. 10 shot attempts for and 40 against with Keith on the ice. 11 shot attempts for 35 against with Bogus on the ice. I don't know if I was watching that game. Yeah, I'm trying it, to figure that out. It doesn't feel that way at all. No. And shots for, shots against. 20 shots for Montreal, three. I'm sorry, 20. Yeah, 20 shots for Montreal, three for the Hawks with Keith on the ice, 16 and four for Boquist. Is that, a de- is that a deployment issue, maybe? Like, they just were getting all of the defensive zone starts? Like, that's literally all I can think of that could have potentially done that. Or natural stat trick got the numbers wrong, because that just is not... It's not computing to me at all Off right ones now. Of, here, zone starts, uh, they were 53 and 50% offensive zone face-offs. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I don't... It, the game just did not feel that no, way to me. No. And Boquist made a lot of individual really nice plays. There was one point in the game where Alex Dabrinkit just gave him a hand grenade. Like, oh, here you go. Take this <laughs> Take this puck at your feet right in front of the net. And Boquist calmly got the puck, got it out of danger. He made a lot of little plays. And, and we say this a lot, and I think you and I are for the benefit of our audience, we're not slaves to the numbers. We're not slaves to the metrics. Especially in a one-game sample size. Of course. And it's a good it, it's a good tool to evaluate, but I think this illustrates pretty well. If I look, if we had a panel of Hawks fans that were watching that game last night and we sat down and said, What did you think of Adam Boquist's game? Do you think anyone would have said he sucked? Anyone would have said I, he was I really effective? don't think so. No. So trust your eye. You know, the stats mean things, the numbers mean things, but the eye test still has a lot of value. Um, so trust that. I getting back to Boquist though. Last time we talked, we we discussed how he's starting to grow offensively mm-hmm. and show that willingness and that confidence in moving the puck. Now I think the defensive game is coming along too. And while he's never been the disaster we all expected, now you're seeing him make really solid, sound defensive plays. And I want to stop short of giving all that credit to Duncan Keith because. They're, they've been a really good pair, and there's been story after story written about their relationship on and off the ice. But give some credit to Adam Boquist for going back, focusing on that part of his game. He knew. He said last season, I know that if I want to play in the NHL, I have to improve my defense. He did it, and it's paying off, and he is right now probably the Hawks' third best defenseman. Yeah, um, I, I would take slight issue with uh, you call, uh, calling it that we were kind of like maybe expecting him to be a little bit of a disaster defensively in his first season. I don't know if we ever thought the eighth overall pick in the NHL draft would be that level of bad. We definitely expected a lot of growing pains, a lot sure. of mistakes, um, pro- below average defense, I would say, at least initially, just based on learning game speed and tactics and all that stuff. And that 
really, to me, hasn't really been the case. There have been a few isolated instances where it kind of has been that he's had really rough outings. But I think for the most part, he's at least been serviceable. And especially lately, I would argue that he's been maybe slightly above average defensively. And I know that this, yeah. is, this is going to go in fits and starts. There will be adjustments to, to everything that we've already mentioned. But I like what I've seen from him so far. And I know the Blackhawks do obviously really need him to be a top two defenseman. I don't think that if he's a number four guy, I don't think that's good enough for what they really need in terms of the depth that they have at defense in their uh, system right now. They need him to be a top two. And at least right now, I think that relationship and that progress that he's making with Duncan Keith is really helping him towards potentially realizing that level that the Blackhawks need him to hit. What I think there is, well, just to go back on something you said, development in any sport is not linear. Mm. It's not just a straight line up or a straight line down, there's peaks and valleys all the time. The Keith thing is interesting because just as we sort of said, use you know metrics as a tool to evaluate, we also understand that confidence matters mm-hmm. and belief in your abilities matter. Hockey is ultimately a game played by human beings. Of course. And having Keith there, even subconsciously for Boquist, has to be a boost knowing like, okay, if I screw the pooch on this play, chances are number two is going to be there to help me out or make the right play and bail me out. That helps. Cause if he's terrified, like if he's out there with Slater Cuckoo or Dennis Gilbert and the puck gets past him, he's like, well, <laughs> you know, here we go. And uh, Cuckoo is Cuckoo's been pretty good lately. So I'll give him credit. Yeah. He's been decent. Yeah. enough. Um, but you know what I'm saying? The, the confidence in having that partner with you, is a huge thing. And speaking of partners, you know who's been our partner on the Madhouse podcast since day one? Awesome. Jalula Hot Sauce? No. They friend-zoned us, those <laughs> bastards. And we did it. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I told you about this. We did a hot sauce t- taste test on leftovers on the Bernstein and McKnight show. We had six hot sauces. Cholula finished last in our blind taste test. It was a blind taste test. I didn't want them to lose. I was rooting for them. I love Cholula. <laughs> and they lost. But the true partner since day one... Triple Threat Sports, I already mentioned we're going to work with them to get a really nice Madhouse podcast store so you can get your coffee mugs, your T-shirts, whatever. But if you've got a company that needs outfitting or a team that needs outfitting, hit up our friend Chris Hubble. Chris at TripleThreatSports.com, 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. All right, so beyond last night's game, which was good, we all agree, Adam Bokowitz is playing well, Kublik's been great, Taves has been great. Kane continues to be great. There's some goalies in the news this week. Robin Leonard, we discussed this. He doesn't want to take a discount, nor should he. I agree with him. He should not take a discount for the, to to uh, for any team. NBC, the NHL and NBC yesterday on their Instagram posted a top ten list of the players most likely to be traded, and right in the middle were Robin Leonard and Eric Gustafson. Mm. And Gustafson's no surprise. And I don't think Leonard is a big surprise either. To me, as much as I love what Robin Leonard's done, if the Hawks want to quickly add legit prospects, he is their best option. He's the guy with the most value on the trade market, I believe. If a team more so than Brandon Saad? I think so. I think a stud goalie in in the peak of his powers on a rental contract. On a rental contract, look, you can get a lot at the deadline. Some team panics, some team gets a goalie injury, and they freak out before the playoffs. I think you can get a like a, an organization's top two or three prospect, one player, mm. and probably an active roster player for Robin Leonard. Hmm. And I think that that's the issue. I, I think we know that. Despite he's he's having a bad year this year, goal scoring wise, Alex DeBrinkit, I'm going to go with the other two seasons over this one. He's a 40 goal type guy. Mm-hmm. Dylan Strom has proven when he's healthy that he can score with consistency. Also a re- restricted free agent at the end of the year, right? But he, they have seen they have talked about prioritizing signing him. Um, Kirby Doc was the number three overall pick. He better be good. <laughs> right? They're also going to have to re-sign Dominic Kubelik. Don't forget that, too. Well, see, that's the other thing, and that's where I was sort of going. Sorry, I short-circuited no, no. that. No, you didn't. But here's the thing. like, They might have to decide now between Leonard and Kubelik. Ooh. Now, that's an interesting decision. I so, mean, So now, 
does this throw a curveball into your Dylan Strom feelings? Mm. Would you rather have Kubalik and Leonard or Strom and Kubalik or Strom and Leonard? That's the, like, what do you value more, Strom or Kubalik? And remember, I believe Strom is younger than Kubalik. I believe that is correct. Yeah. And he's a center. Yep. Um, so he I, has proven chemistry with Alex DeBrinkett. Right. Um, he's 20, Dylan Strom is 22 years old. It's unbelievable to yeah. me. He's only 22. Right. And he turns 23 in March. <sighs> wow. We're so old, dude. Kubalik is 24. He'll be 25 in August. Wow. So, I mean, look, that's not a not a huge difference, right? It's not, but it's still staggering how young those guys I both know. are, yeah. It's it's something. So, I think I don't know if 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 Bowman and company are surprised by Kubelik's success. Obviously, they saw something in him when they traded for him last season. They knew he was capable of scoring and hoped he was capable of scoring on this level, and they were right. By the way, props to the European scouting. Yeah, absolutely. on the Blackhawks. Um they've done a great job over the years. I just wonder, like, now that they have to sign him, who becomes the most valuable of those three free agents? Leonard, Strom, Kubelik, who do they prioritize? I still feel like to them, at least as of this moment, the priority is Dylan Strom. Mm-hmm. But I th- I feel like that could change, and they're going to have to make a decision. They might not be able to sign two of those three. Yeah, that's true. And that because the extension to Alex DeBrinkett also kicks in too. Like there's yeah. a lot of extensions kicking in, and not a. I mean, yeah, Corey Crawford's contract comes off the books, which is going to help to eat eat at least some of that. Yet somebody to play goalie, right? And and Leonard's not signed. We talked about it this week. It's not going to be five million. It's going to be closer to seven or eight million. So there, I don't know. This is a tough situation. And we are very happy about their cap flexibility. And here's the other thing. Brent Seabrook might come back. Yeah. Then what? <laughs> that, that that really complicates things. Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Hit us up, madhousepod at gmail.com, or send us a tweet at madhousepod. Uh, I want to know, because I don't really know if my mind's made up yet on what I prioritize. I think the Hawks can go find another goalie, but without Robin Leonard this year, and to a lesser extent, Corey Crawford... This team is last in the well, they're not as bad as Detroit. But I say they won't be as bad as the Red <laughs> They're Wings. the last place team in the West. No There's doubt. No question no about doubt. it. So they have to find somebody who can give them the level of play or close to it that they've gotten from Leonard and Crawford. And Crawford said this week, I don't want to be a backup. Yeah. I want to go somewhere and start. And if that's the case, he's gonna probably want to get paid to be a starter. How about this question? Would you pay Leonard seven or Crawford three to be your starter? I'd pay I I think I'd pay Leonard seven. Corey Crawford's gonna be thirty six years old. Like at some point with the injury history that he has, and I mean all the stuff he's done for this organization has been great, but looking forward, do you really want to give a thirty six year old goalie starting money that to me especially with the defense the Blackhawks have I think that it probably would be smarter of them to overpay a little bit for a goaltender instead and especially a younger proven one like a Robin Leonard I think that it would be smart to keep him from getting to free agency I think it'd be smart to get him on a decent contract now if he starts like going up like eight nine million in the market and teams are really going to be willing to pay that for him you reconsider that but I think if you can get him for between six and seven or maybe even a shade over Verse seven, I think I'd probably rather do that than give Corey Crawford three million dollars at this point. I agree, and um, I just wonder. You know, I, I think, I think that if he went to free agency, all things being equal, that a team would pay him that big money. The only confidence I have, and it's minimal, is that it's the NHL. It is a slow to progress league. And they still might hold some of the mental health things against him. Mm. And some teams might not be willing to sign him to that, to a bigger deal. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's not the case. I don't think it's the case, but it is a factor to consider. Was not an issue for the Blackhawks. And Leonard said that's why he wanted to sign here because the Hawks didn't make a big deal out of that at all. Yeah. And the Hawks have been burned by that before several times. Theo Fleury, Bob Probert. It's happened before. To the Blackhawks and, and not this regime necessarily, 
but they've been burned by uh, mental health issues and, and uh, sobriety issues in the past. So they're certainly aware of it, but from all reports and from Robin Leonard's mouth, the Hawks were totally respectful of that whole thing and just didn't even consider it an issue. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout, and we will come back with another segment, another red-hot hockey segment. <laughs> but first, I want to tell you about our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, family-owned and operated since 1933. Go visit our friend Joe and his family out there, the poor boys, the Yodel Burger, the onion rings, the toys, baked potatoes, the craft beer. They've got it all. Visit them, 604 Theodore Street. Like I said, marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go visit our friends and tell them the Madhouse podcast sent you. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Exclude sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We are sponsored by our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, locations in Burbank, Darien, chuckscafe.com. Go try the Cajun, the barbecue, the Mexican, the bar food, whatever you're in the mood for, there is something there for you at Chuck's. They've got an immense craft beer menu, so go try that out as well. They've got the 120 Beer Club. Try all 120 beers and you get a... Something. I don't oh, know. A shirt only or if you do it in a single day, though. <laughs> yes. They ride you out in an ambulance with your free t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but go visit our friends at Chuck's. And like I've been telling you lately, don't forget, save room for the cobbler for dessert. It's amazing. Chuck'sCafe.com. All right. Before the show began, or right when the show began, I guess, I said I have a little bit of information on Gerard Gallant. Uh, questions been asked a lot why he's been fired. And if you missed the news, Gerard Gallant, who had been the coach of the Florida Panthers, was fired there after some success, was fired yesterday by the Vegas Golden Knights. They're having a bit of a down year, but not a terrible season by any means. They're only, what, three points out of first place? Right. They're, I mean, they're they're a good team. There's no doubt about it. So from what I'm hearing, it's GM issues. Uh-oh. Gallant is having philosophical differences with the GMs. Uh, I mean, also- George McAfee is getting in trouble with people i don't you know that's that's like the vague stuff people have given me about this it's like the the one explanation i've also been told the players absolutely love him yeah they play hard for him they believe in the system all the things you want from your coach hard not to when your coach guides you to a cup final in your first year of existence yeah so uh you know a lot of hawks fans asking is this someone they should they should pursue uh someone around hockey told me that this would be the equivalent of the cubs when they went and got Joe Madden. Except you, the Cubs actually had talent. Right, but you might be happy no, with that's your... No, that's mean. That was gratuitous. No, I'm sorry. you're right, though. But the, the opportunity to hire a great coach is there. And what the Cubs did, whether or not you like Joe Madden when all was said and done or not, they identified this guy's the best coach available. We're not going to get an opportunity like this again. And they went and did it despite liking Ricky Renteria. They were not unhappy. They had just extended him, actually. And they said, you know what? We got a chance to get Joe Madden. We're going to go get Joe Madden and do it. A lot of people believe the Hawks should make a move here. Mm. And I'm one of them. I went out hard when Mike Babcock got fired. I'm like, Hawks should do it. Then everyone <laughs> told me I'm a moron. So before I took a stand, I asked around, like, if I, I'm right, right? Kalant's a good coach. People like him. Oh, yeah. They should absolutely go after him. So we'll see if the Hawks do it. I don't think he lasts until the offseason. Somebody's mm. going to hire him this year. You think so, really, at this I, point in the game? Well, people are getting fired left and right. They're happening all the time right That's now. That's true. It's weird. Like, Jeremy Cowden's like the 18th most tenured coach in the league. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, the guys are getting fired left and right. Mm. So, yes, I do think there's a chance that a team would act right now. I know it's late, but who cares? If you haven't, if you, that's my thing. If you have an opportunity to make the team better, you should do it. And if, it, and if something unexpected comes along, like Robin Leonard is a free agent goalie. Yep. The Hawks didn't have plans to do that until that day. Right. They, everyone thought for sure he's going back to New York. 
And then Sam Bowman said, oh, I can get Robin Leonard? I'm getting Robin Leonard and did it. That's the mindset I like. Yeah. If that opportunity presents itself, you should do it, and they should absolutely be at least inquiring with Gerard Gallant's people or doing the research about what happened in Vegas, and I'm sure they are. Sure. I'm sure they know already a little bit. I say go for it. So you would you would fire Jeremy Collinson right now, and you would hire Gerard Gallant? Yes. Why not? The, the Blackhawks have won three games in a row. They're four points out of the playoff spot, Anaheim, Jay. Ottawa, Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> and they were down to nothing to, to Ottawa, and they were down to nothing to Detroit last weekend. I okay. So another thing that we have to keep in mind here too is if they fire Jeremy Collinson right now, what does that mean for Stan Bowman's status at the end of the season? I don't care about that either. I care about that. So do you think? Are you so? Are you implying that if they hire Gallant? That they have to give Bowman time with him? Yes. I don't think that's necessarily true. You don't? You, no. You think they'll let him go out and hire another coach and then turn around and fire him in April? I think they can hire a coach over his head. Who's going to do that, though? Scotty? John, McDon- John McDonough? <sighs> I don't know, man. That's does he? I don't know. How much does he meddle in hockey ops? From what I'm told, not much. But if the plan is... Oh, you know what, though? There is one thing to keep in mind. If you're correct and all they end up doing is bringing in McIsaac to be the GM, I can maybe see that then. But if the plan is to go outside of the organization... Sorry, I have to say it the hockey way. Organization. Thank you. If they're going to go outside to do this hiring, I don't know if you are able to do an in-season firing like that, even if John McDonough's like, yeah, maybe we should. If they're kind of leaning towards doing the McIsaac thing, then I could potentially see it. All right, remember this, okay? Out of character for the Blackhawks, early November, the head coach is called up to the office to talk to Hawks Brass and said, Jeremy, change your system or else. He was almost fired early November. Has he done enough since then to become untouchable, unfireable when one of the best coaches in the game becomes available? I don't think so. I don't think there's ever a point where that's a thing. Right. And you know I'm you know I'm not arguing that Jeremy Colleton is untouchable and shouldn't be. I'm saying from the perspective of what does it mean for the front office after the season ends, that's where I'm kind of coming at it. All right, from. let me ask you this. To get Gerard Gallant as Blackhawks head coach, are you willing to give Stan Bowman one more year? <sighs> if, I mean, think about it this way. Are you really content if they miss the, the playoffs three years in a row to keep Stan Bowman around again? I I mean, I... Are you you're really that invested in Gerard Gallant that you'd be willing to Here's the thing. let a GM who has led you to three straight playoffless Aprils, you're going to let him stick around just so you can go hire a guy who just got fired by one of the best teams in hockey? Okay, but here's the thing. If, and what I believe is, the next Blackhawks GM will be Al McIsaac or Norm McIver, the two... I'm not going to say Eddie Olchek. I, I was going to say the two mix, but I didn't mean it that way. It just, <laughs> it's MC... McIver, McIsaac, chances McDonough. are those two are first interviews for the job. Well, yeah. Okay, uh, McIsaac is the senior VP of hockey, and, uh, oh, my God, McIver is the assistant GM. I feel like hiring either of those guys, the difference between them and Bowman is minimal, whereas to me the difference between Gallant and and Cowden is huge. And I would take that minimal difference for another year to get Gallant as a Hawks head coach. I think I would do that, yes. What does Gallant's contract situation look like? I don't know. I believe see that's another that is one other thing to keep in mind. He could go the Joel Quenville route and he could sit out for the remainder of the season, just collect his money, collect his thoughts, even if a team comes calling. He could wait. Like, I know there could be teams interested in him, but he could theoretically wait it out, which, you know, who could blame him? You want to see what kind of what's the best opportunity you're potentially going to get. Like, could he maybe link up with a team, you know, in April or May instead of right now? I think that's entirely possible. He was under contract until 
the end of next season. Yeah, so he he's still getting paid. He's still getting his money. Like, there's no rush. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I get the idea of wanting the Blackhawks to be proactive and to identify him as the coach that they want coaching them for the next three seasons. And if you're going to phrase the question to me, would you rather have Jeremy Colleton or Gerard Gallant for the next three years? I think the answer is pretty obvious. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, here's you could also do one of those, uh, hey, look, um, why don't you take a couple months? Things are not going great here in Chicago. We're probably not a playoff team. April, whatever, 9th, 10th, whatever day the season ends, we're going to fire Cowton and name you head coach. Mm. Why don't you hang out, right? Well, why do you always insist on doing these things that seem so underhanded? Like, Rob, we're going to give Robin Leonard an extension now, but we tell him we can't sign him until April 9th. No, I don't, I don't, I didn't say they were going to give him a contract now, but I think they just can't, they can't talk about it publicly now because Corey Crawford is right there and they can't say, oh, yeah, we're going to sign this goalie and just <laughs> have Corey Crawford sit there without a contract. I still think you're being underhanded. Why? That's how it works. Uh, I, I think a lot of this stuff is done. You, you and your circumvention the of the CBA. You're the reason the cap recapture was instituted because you would be doing all this underhanded, shady stuff, like signing Marion Hosted to a 12 year deal, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, was approved by the NHL, and then they decided two years after the fact. Exactly. Nah, See, there's my bad. thing. It's not underhanded. By if the it's way, in Chris the damn Bri- rule book. Chris Bryant's contract grievance is still ongoing. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I, I I love Chris Bryant, but kiss my ass. The Cubs just did what is in their power under the contract that the Players Association agreed to. I'm sorry it sucks for you. I'm sorry. Yes, of course you should have been here sooner. It's in the CBA. The Players Associ- Association signed. I don't want to hear from the NHL like, you're circumventing. No, we have found the loophole and we're exploiting it. That's different. Yeah. The, the loophole's there. We found it. You don't get to say spirit of the CBA. You only get to enforce what's actually in it. Correct. But then again, the NHL did put spirit of the CBA in there. So joke's on us, I guess. It's not under. I think that there's ways to communicate these things. That all this stuff happens. Pete DeBoer knew he was, knew he was going to be the Golden Knights coach before any of us knew that Gerard Gallant got fired. And for the record, was that real? Was that really an upgrade? No. Would you rather have Peter DeBoer or Jeremy Colleton? I'd rather have Colleton. I'm yeah, just going to go I mean, ahead and say it. I don't like DeBoer at all. I think all. just based on... I don't think he's a good coach. Based on conversations I've had. And what's with all these retreads? Can't we get a new coach no. somewhere? No, the NHL Hell, is... Hell, even the Predators hired a retread from the Devils. Are you freaking kidding me? You couldn't do better than that? No. Ugh. The NHL is the retread capital of the world. It's honestly. so stupid. It's the same people over and over and over again. And that's why initially I liked the Cowton hire. Because it was like, wow, someone new. Yeah. Someone maybe with a new idea. And look, last year, it seemed like it was working. Once they got the bugs out of the system and everyone started catching on, they started playing pretty well. And you have to ask yourself, honestly, have this team been healthy? If Shaw, and and these are a lot of butts, if Shaw and DeHaan and Strom and all these guys have not been hurt for as long as they've been, would the team be three or four points better? And in a playoff spot? And they'd be in a playoff spot. Exactly right. Maybe. I don't know. It, but I'd still rather have uh, Gallant than Colleton. I think we've established that. We got some other stuff to talk about, though, don't we, Mr. Zawoski? Yes. Uh, we need to. We are overdue in singing the praises of Drake Kajula. Yes. Uh, since his return. Awesome goal last night. Just flat stole the puck. Like, uh, here, I'm going to take that. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to go put it in the back of the net. And thank you for that. And good night, Hawk. Four to one. I, I, I've been really impressed with this play. Yeah. And when we talked to him preseason uh, at the Hawks convention, he kind of compared himself to Andrew Shaw, like a poor man's Andrew Shaw. And I think you could probably take the poor man off of that. I know it's a small sample size, but I like the way he plays. He's a straightforward north and south player. He's willing to throw a check. He's willing to take a hit. And he's got some scoring punch. So yep. if he can stay healthy, and that's the big if with him, that concussion was scary, man. Was, he was not feeling better yeah. for a long time. So if he can stay healthy, that's a guy who I would say, like, 
part of your bottom six is pretty solidified, right? I, I would completely with agree with that. And I also would say that, yeah, it has been a small. I also would say that he was showing those things last season, too. Definitely. When the Blackhawks brought him over. Also, do you want to praise Stan Bowman? He did go out and acquire him for Brandon Manning, LOL. And, yeah, you can <laughs> criticize Bowman for signing Manning in the first place, but he did unload him for a guy who's ended up being a pretty serviceable player. Uh, restricted free agent after this year, by the way, Drake Kajula. He is currently making $1.5 million. How much do you think he's realistically going to get as a pay raise, though? Not much. No. I don't I, think it'd be much more than that at all. Especially with the injury concerns. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in that two, two and a half ballpark. It, I, if if that. Yeah, if that even. If that. like I, I think he might end up at a similar rate for next season as kind of a prove you can stay on the ice kind of deal. And if that's the case, the Blackhawks have to be jumping up and down because I do think he's been worth every penny of that contract. Well, the most points he's scored in his career is 20 in 67 games with Edmonton. In 2017-18. This year he has six points in 19 games for the Hawks. Last year at 12 points in 26 games for the Hawks. And 11 and 29 with the Oilers before the trade. So, yeah, it'd be hard for me to justify giving him a very big raise, if any at all. But love to have him back. That's the sort of guy when you, you know, you look at the depth of a good team, that's the kind of player that's there mm-hmm. on the bottom six who can provide that scoring, provide that depth. The Hawks had a lot of those guys during the Stanley Cups, Cup runs, and they were interchangeable. It was not the same player, but like Victor Stahlberg was one of those guys. Right. Who, all right, he's got some really nice tools. He's not a perfect player by any means. Um, Michael Froelich was a great penalty killer and a fast skater, but not the greatest finisher. You've got to round out a championship roster with players like that, and Kajula is young enough and cheap enough where I think the Hawks should do their best to make him be part of things for a while. 150% agree with that statement. That's not possible. You can only agree <laughs> with it 100%. Well, if we're going to get into being pedantic here, I guess you're right. <laughs> All right, the one more thing we need to mention, and this will be a delight to Blackhawks fans. If you've not seen the Colorado Avalanche Stadium Series jersey, there were some leaks of it earlier this year, but they have officially unveiled them today on their Twitter account at Avalanche. These are (laughs) unquestionably horrific. How am I describing this? So the top half is the blue, but from the collar down, it forms an A, and then it's it's too ugly to describe. Essentially, what oh. it boils down to is it's the reverse of the flying V jerseys that the Canucks used to have. If you, if our yeah. listeners are familiar with that, I would think that that would be a good description. Here's the other weird thing. All the pictures of the players wearing them, they all have hoodies underneath as if to like look like monks. I don't know. Are they trying to like make it look less ugly? <laughs> I don't know what the deal. They're not going to wear hoodies on the ice, I wouldn't think. I mean, they might. You never know. Maybe. I don't know how that's possible in a hockey game. But can I sure. can I uh, make a, a weird confession? Sure. I don't even know who they're playing. Um. Well, that just shows you that the stadium series has lost its team. <laughs> I legitimately do not remember who the Avalanche the are playing in the stadium series game. I was going to say the Stars, but no, that's not true. Uh. Who the hell is it? Oh, the Kings. Oh, ooh, yeah. Barn burner game. That's going to light up the ratings. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait to see the Kings jerseys. I don't see them yet. I don't here. think they've come out yet. Leaked. Let's see if these look accurate. <laughs> oh, Blakey is bad. Yeah, well, this is compelling stuff, right? Now. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, no. These are real. These are the worst. Whew. Yeah, go to uh, sport, is it sportslogos.net has yeah. it? Yeah, oh we'll my tweet God. it out. We're yeah, gonna tweet, we're it gonna out tweet this Madhouse out, but we account. can we can assure you they're bad. They're not good. Yeah, they're uh, they're not great. No, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'd rather them bring back the Burger King jerseys. You remember those? <laughs> I do. Oh my God, <laughs> those were so bad. <laughs> and like even for the era of yeah. the nineties, really. Okay, like it's the nineties. You got to look at things like with the Grisal. No. <laughs> they were bad in any era ever. <laughs> they were horrible uniforms. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, they've pretty much, my eyes have been ruined by both of these jerseys today. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to let you go cleanse your eyes out. Thank you. Go rinse them out. Meantime, head over to the Barrel Club, 4910 West 111th Street in Oak Lawn. Join their Spirit of the Month Club. By the way, heads up, if you've been meaning to go to the Barrel Club, they've got a really great 
Groupon deal. Actually, three Groupon deals going on right now. So head to Groupon, get that Barrel Club Groupon, and head on over there and try. If it's your first time, if it's your second time, if it's your 10th time, that Groupon is well worth it. So go over there, try their cocktails, try their steaks, try their whiskeys and wines and everything. You will have a great upscale meal from our friends at Barrel Club in Oaklawn. It's tremendous. Go visit them, 4910 West 111th Street. One more thing I want to get to before we wrapped up, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Uh, the Chicago Bears are leaving Bourbon A sort of unexpectedly. I think we all knew it might happen at some point, but they announced this week they're leaving Bourbon A. James Naveau as the mayor of Bourbon A. Yeah. I want to get your take on this. Like, how is ta- how is the town reacting? How is it going to affect things down there? I think it's a pretty even split right now in terms of at least the people that I know down in the Bourbon area. A lot of people are kind of excited that the the summer influx of traffic is going to be gone. Like it was even really that big of a deal. You have to deal with it like nine days a year, boo freaking who kind of thing. But I think for the most part, the way I look at it and the way that I think a lot of people are going to come to look at it in the future is that it did give Bourbon A, as silly as this might sound, it did give the town something to be proud of. I mean, prior to the Bears coming down there, we were probably best known as the place where there was a giant Amtrak crash or like just a stop on the interstate. Like there was only really a couple of ways that people knew of Bourbon A. But once the Bears came, it did give the town something to be proud of. A lot of people did come down there. I think last season they said about 60,000 people visited Bourbon A. And that was with a limited open practice schedule. So I know that the writing was on the wall. It was going to happen. All the money that they put into Hallis Hall in the uh, ensuing off seasons, like it was going to happen eventually. I don't know if we knew it was going to happen this quickly. And I think that in the years to come, I think that Bourbon A residents especially are going to kind of miss having that thing. It's going to be a little bit of a sadness that it's not going on anymore. It's what's the old saying? You never know what you have until it's gone kind of thing. I think that's going to be the case. And I think for Bears fans, too, there's never going to be that level of access to the team again. Like they can say all they want that they're going to have the public be invited to Hallis Hall for these practices. It's not going to be the same as having 10,000 people around in Bourbon A and then being able to go to Perry Farm or go to Yannicky's or do whatever you want to do down there. It's kind of a sad thing that that's, you know, one of the last ways for you to get free and open access to your favorite team. It's going to go away. And I know that they'll still sell out every game at Soldier Field. They'll still get great TV ratings. But that emotional investment, I think, that starts at a really young age from being able to see the team in training camp is just not going to be there. And that's kind of sad. Well, and and the first thing I thought is, and, you know, how that affects the community. And I think there came a point where, you know, you saw from – I can't believe it's been 18 years, first of all. Yeah. But from the first year to now, the growth of the area, and part of that is just the natural growth of people moving from the city and finding somewhere else to settle, fine. But grocery stores, restaurants, businesses came to Bourbon A because of the Bears. Mm -hmm. And now the community is losing all of that, all those small businesses that you mentioned. And Bourbon A was great for that. They have so many cool, you mentioned Yannickies and... Um, the the brewery there, and there's a lot of stuff that was helping that community go, and I, I just don't like this. I, li- I like the fact that it was so accessible. And, yeah, I'm a little bit selfish because I live half hour from Bourbon A. Right. But, man, it just it loses that fun. And I think the players will probably – they get to go home every night, and that's great for them and their families. But I think they're going to miss that camaraderie a little bit too. But just sports are changing. Access is getting cut off more and more. And yep. Teams are wanting to control more and more of what goes on, and that does include running the training camp. So Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a sign of the times. It was kind of nice. I, I referred to it. I did an interview with uh, Lawrence Holmes on his Bears podcast yesterday, and I called it almost like an anachronism. It was a kind of a, a product of a bygone era where pl- teams would go to like places like Platteville, Wisconsin. The Arizona Cardinals used to go to Flagstaff, Arizona, and they would kind of hole up for a couple of weeks, and they would be in this insular little community, yeah. and people would come see them, and you'd interact with players at bars. Lawrence told a great story about Alex Brown carting people outside of a bar in Bourbon A, just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> just because he could. <laughs> Roberto Garza used to go to TJ Donlin's all the time. His photos are still all over uh, that place. He wasn't place. the only one. No, he certainly was not. All the writers <laughs> like to go there too, but... Go find yourself a Brad Biggs and a uh, 
Bob Laguerre. <laughs> Bob Laguerre is like the the ringer at bags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the bags tournaments there <laughs> yeah. were absolutely legendary. Yeah, we're just, you're not, not going to be able to replicate that in Lake Forest, and I don't I, think. And that's really a bummer. The score is going to miss the trips. Where it's going to it's going to negatively affect everybody. Yeah, it makes the Bears' lives a little bit easier, but whatever. To me, I, it's I, a big I guess bummer. I didn't like. I also didn't like the way that it was just kind of like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. Thanks yeah. for 18 years, guys. Yeah. Why not have one last season in Bourbon A? Yeah. Blow it out. Spend some more time there, open up more practices, have more access, and then yeah, and then know. say, all right, now it's time. We've given you know all this to the community. You've given to us. And now it's time to start a new chapter. But instead, it was oh, by the way, this summer we're not doing Bears Camp in Bourbon. Yeah. Wow, who'd have think the Bears could botch something? Hey, wow. do you, hey, do you want to uh, paint our podcast logo on that water tower? I've heard I've heard it's available. <laughs> yes, home of the Madhouse Podcast, <laughs> one half of the Madhouse Podcast. Good I'm plan. down. <laughs> All right. Well, that sucks, and uh, hopefully the people of Bourbon A find something cool to replace that. Because look, small towns matter, and in the, the way the country's going, it's those are the places that are affected most. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, it doesn't hurt the community too bad. Immediately thought of you and your family and your friends and everybody down there. So I'm glad you were able to express that a little bit on the podcast and. Uh, Go support. Go to Yannicky's for a hot dog once a year, you jerks. And also go to the best <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings in the world. Don't forget that, too. Of course. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and the Barrel Club in Oakland. 4910 West 111th Street in Oak Lawn. Go to BarrelClub.com to join their Spirit of the Month Club. We'll talk to you next week on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system in the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details. When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com.